for Christmas, I tried to buy you a Flex Seal like holiday pack, and then I just forgot to do it. Like I no had way. Open. Yeah, that's that, so funny. <laughs> I just wanted to send you like two bottles of Flex Seal. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be mad. <laughs> I know, dude. You that's can never hilarious. Flex Seal. I don't know. <laughs> it's like duct tape. You can never have enough. Like that's all right, duct tape it. and hammers. We hammer, found the title. Know? Never have enough Flex Seal. What is up? Better late than never. That's what's up. Better never than late. <laughs> Better late. What? What? <laughs> no, I don't know. Better late than never. Yeah. How, how's life been, man? Welcome back. Welcome back. How you been, bro? I'm, I'm peachy. Can't complain. Uh, still working hard, twerking hard, you know. But uh, such is life. Are you How doing better? Are you doing better than Donald Trump is right now? So that'd be hard. Uh, to do. That'd be that was hard. a good setup. <laughs> he's doing pretty. He's doing pretty well right now. Uh, much to the chagrin of many of the left. He's doing pretty well. You know what was really funny? Oh, you know what was really, really funny? I'm start, but go ahead, yeah. Nancy Pelosi tearing up that speech. That was hilarious. Initial reaction. I was like, what was your she just lost it totally. Bad move. Were you watching it live? Uh, I was not. Okay, so you saw the moment like as it happened, or you woke up in the morning? Uh, I woke up in the morning okay. and I watched like the good 15 minute chunks surrounding it. Right, right, right. Okay. So what was your initial thought? I was like, this is hilarious. I, I thought it was hilarious. I was like, <laughs> she was supposed to be the cool, level headed alternative that's going to, you know, quench the fire here or whatever, quell the fire, whatever the right. term is, you know, right. put the fire out and right. be like, hey, I'm going to bring voice of reason to Washington. And then she stands up there tearing up the piece of paper. I'm like, oof, tough look, tough look. So she tore up the paper after after the thing, right? After the speech. Yeah. But he snubbed her, like he snubbed the handshake before the speech, right? Or was it after? That's what that's what I don't fully understand. Oh, the handshake snub. Yeah. How did that play into the Was it before? I think it was before, no? So, I mean, we're idiots. We should probably know this. But if, we should it was probably before, know this. if it was before, why would she wait to make a – so then she was waiting to make a, spe- a, a skeptical. A scene. She a wanted spe- to make a scene. I can't speak. Spectacle. A, a spectacle, yes. A testicle. <laughs> spectacle. Yeah. Yeah, Did I say that correctly? A spectacle, spectacle. right? Spectacle. So, she, she, so essentially she staged No glasses, though. Right. She essentially staged the move. Of course. If that's the case. But well, who r- rips up pieces of paper like that anyway? It was so staged. That's true. It was like half effortless, half effort. It's like, haha, I'm ripping paper. It right. wasn't like, fuck this, right. I'm ripping paper. Right. <laughs> you know, showmanship or showwomanship? Showwomanship? Is it showwomanship? Anyway, uh, sure. Just, well, just that's, quick take. We got it. Showwomanship. Yeah, I mean, we don't like to get too deep into politics just because it's such a cesspool. And it's, like, it's, it's it, it really is. It really is a, such a cesspool. Like, you know what I really wonder while we're on this topic? Guys like Ben Shapiro, like, what do you think their personal lives are like? Because that must be hell. Like, to always be in the line of fire on the Twitter brigade, like, in real life, that can't be great, right? I mean, if you're Ben Shapiro, your personal life has got to take a hit, too. Wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah. 
Probably. It's got to be tough because all, dude, all day, imagine all day you're like the main point of deflection for all the crap that's flying around the internet. You know, like for me and you, like we watch the chaos and we're like, wow, that that's chaotic. And then we walk away from it. But imagine if you were like the epicenter of that chaos every day. That would suck. Right? On whatever side you're on, that would suck. That'd be just so soul sucking. Yeah. I mean, pick a, pick a guy on the left. I just happen to pick a guy on the right who's very, I, I wouldn't say very proactive, but who's fairly provocative, right? So very outspoken and provocative. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's fairly often he finds himself in the middle of a tirade. And, you know, as much as I respect a guy like that, and I think he's really, But that's his thing. That's his thing, though. That's like his his niche. That's what he fulfills. That's what he's known for. Right. No, no, I respect it. I'm I'm just saying, if anything, I respect it more because I could never do that, dude. No, I could never either. The emotional baggage that must, the toll that it must leave on you. No, for sure. I couldn't, I couldn't either. That's why I'm not in that, uh, field. You and me. It's, uh. It's a 24-7 job. I can't imagine. Like, you're going to groceries and then someone comes at you, you know? So I know, like, I don't listen to his show that often, but um, the few times I have listened to the show, he always kind of mentions that he has personal security. And that, you know, that's kind of my point. Is like, I, I wouldn't want to, I also wouldn't want to be that famous. You know what I mean? Like, No I way would I need yeah. a squad to go to the fucking, go to Target, make a yeah. Target run with like two black SUVs. Are yeah, you kidding literally, me? Literally a that squad. That sounds miserable. Man. Yeah, literally a squad. Like packing heat, like the whole line. That sounds miserable. Right? Doesn't it? Go to know. the movie theater. I got to buy like 20 rows. Yeah, man. Fame is a tricky thing, don't you think? Yeah. Of all, of all the psychologically, vices, what does that do to someone to just have a pack of minions that follow you around at all times? It like, can't be good for your mental health. Right. Right. Or Imagine, constant living in fear that someone's going to get you. So you have to have these people looking out for you. Especially today with the gotcha police and the wokesters, man. It's brutal. It's got the wokesters. Is that the yeah. term? I mean, that's what I'm calling them. The wokesters. The wokesters. You know what? I still don't understand when someone gets the woke. We need, did we have this skit where we were saying, oh, is it with you that I had this conversation about the woke Olympics? Yes. Someone just, <laughs> no, it was your other podcast host. They should do two podcasts. Must have been. Must have been. My other, <laughs> it's my other podcast that I barely have time to do this one, but I have another one too. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, just the last thing on fame. Um, I think of all the things that allure me in the world that you know maybe aren't the most positive thing in the world or maybe just aren't the most positive things, fame was never one of them. Like, I never fame saw is definitely fame. not one of them. Right? No, I'm good. Yeah? Like... Like, are you with me on that? Because I, I don't know a lot of people who are famous, but I imagine like being around those kind of, that kind of ambition. I don't know, man. I just, I think it takes a level of narcissism that I just, I'm not comfortable yeah. with. You know what I mean? I don't know. I'm but what not, about Keanu Reeves? He's pretty low key. What, what was the last thing? I said, what about Keanu? He's, he's, he's famous, but he's like low key famous. Like he rides a subway. He's like, you know. Keanu Reeves rides the subway? You haven't seen that picture of him on the subway? I have not. Yeah, man. He's just, he's like a low-key, humble, nice guy. He gets up and has a woman sit down, and then he walks off. It's like, yeah. Does he live in the city? I don't know if he does now. I think he's from Canada originally. Keanu? Yeah, I think so. Anyway, so you're That's saying why what, if, so nice. what if you're like just borderline famous? So, okay. No, I'm saying he's famous, but he's done it right. I don't say I don't think he's borderline famous. He's... He's a male star. Okay, but don't you think all the things we just discussed about famous people apply to Keanu Reeves? Some of them. I don't think all of them. I think he's found a way to navigate it. Oh, you're saying mentally. 
Yeah. I'm just saying, like logistically, like just the oh, whole, logistically, like, just yeah, the you whole need a crew. Idea. Yeah, just like the whole exhaustive idea of always being under the microscope. Oh, it's so painful. Speaking, I couldn't imagine. Speaking of fame and microscope, did you see what they did to Joe Rogan? What did they do to Joe Rogan with Bernie Sanders? That whole that whole craziness. They tried to outwoke him or something. So, what happened with Joe was Joe. D- Give me like a minute to explain this, but Joe's on a pod with someone non-political and they went on a side tangent and Joe basically said, look, I just think if you look at Bernie over his uh, 15 or 25 year political career, he's the most consistent and I believe the most genuine. And that kind of resonates with me. And if I'm not going to vote for Tulsi, I'd probably vote for Bernie. That that was basically what he said. And obviously I'm quoting. And the Wokesters basically came out and got all crazy on Joe for a endorsing bernie and my question is like who else do you want him to endorse but apparently he he came under a lot of fire for basically saying that about bernie i don't know by who but that that that's kind of what happened um so he didn't necessarily endorse him he's like yeah i don't know who i'd vote for but he's not bad yeah i mean i don't know about not bad but he basically it was a really nice compliment it was sure the closest thing to say i'd vote for him you know than to say that um i don't know and just going back to fame like do you want that much fame where like something you say, which has take is taken totally out of context and like magnified just you as the, the jumping off point. Like that's kind of, I tough. think he just generally doesn't care though. He like deflects. He's like, whatever, man. And then he just goes and lives his life and throws some high kicks. I think you're absolutely right about that. <laughs> that's exactly uh, to what him. It doesn't move yeah. his barometer. And that's why he's so good at what he does. He's just like, whatever, man. You guys are I don't nuts. Care. Yeah. You guys are nuts. <laughs> I'm going to go eat some milk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to go be a carnivore for like a month. Right oh, back. dude, did you follow mm-hmm. that? Have you been up to date on the pod? On Jerry? No, not at all. I haven't been up to date to anything. Yeah, dude, he lost like 12 pounds. Um, he looks incredible. And he said he had the runs for like two weeks. He would just shit his brains out. Uh, <laughs> and then after that, he said like he just felt like amazing, like just Superman. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but dude, I don't know. That's crazy. But just the last point on fame. On the topic of JRE, people are getting JRE tattoos on their bodies, bro. Like, like myriads. Why? Yeah, dude. Like large swaths of skin are being dedicated to Joe Rogan. I mean, I like the guy, but I don't know. I like him enough to get a tattoo. I don't think I like anybody enough to get a tattoo of their face on me. How do you do that? Like, how do you resonate with someone you don't know that much to the point where they get a tattoo of you on their? You right? Know. That's weird. If yeah. I were Joe Rogan, I'd be like, that is bizarre. That's my face on your arm. What? On on Instagram over the last two to three days, I've seen at least two or three. Let me just let me go to his let me go to his profile right now, too. I really think there's like three of those photos. Like different people too. Like obviously wow. not the same person, dude. Wow. Yeah, man. Um so would you want to be He's got a cult fan? following though. He's got a cult following. That goes without saying. Do you He's know what has huge. a cult following that I can't freaking stand? I was in the work room the other day and, uh, I finally go to the room to like get a bite to eat. I had my coffee in the fridge, take out my coffee and I look on the desk and what time is this? Uh, like one thirty. So everyone has had lunch already. What, what day of the week? Uh, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Tuesday okay. probably. It's almost every day now, All but right. so it's one. It was say it was like a Tuesday. Okay. And just regular middle of the run of the mill day and look on the desk. There are like, Seven different water bottles all on the 
the the table where we all eat the desk table thing. Mm. And they all have various motivational quotes on them. Like at every gradation of how much water you should drink. Wait, wait, wait. Is the water bottle like plastic? Like what what do we Yeah, talking? it's like a plastic water bottle, right? Like a knockoff Nalgene or some shit mm-hmm. or so, a hydro flask, whatever you want to call them. Well, is it a hydro flask? Like is it the calorimeter type? Like canteen? No, it's not the vacuum sealed, okay. packed, whatever, double aluminum layered, whatever hydro flask. It's I uh I don't know if anyone knows what a calorimeter is, but if you're nerding if you're nerd, if you're nerding out on calorimeter, you're awesome. Go ahead. Sorry. Um <laughs> it's like a knockoff Nalgene and it has like Every gradation of whatever, like a cup, we'll say, eight right. ounces. Like every 64 ha- ounces, right. It has like a great job, almost there, amazing, like another uh-huh. step to hydration. You can uh-huh. do it. And then like you did it at the bottom. And I was like, wow, that's interesting. You, if You, you, you said need, there was you, more than one of these bottles? The, for various different folks at my workplace. How many bottles were there? It was like maybe five. Out of like what? Like 30 people? No, out of like 10. Five people. out of 12 people had the same exact kind of motivation. Not the same exact kind, but similar in... In the same vein? In, like in the same... No, one was pink, one was like a teal, the other one was white, but they were all were gradation graduated water bottles of whatever inaccurate measurement with different motivational speeches at each graduation on the side. Five of these bottles. Yeah. With like different fonts and colors and caps and stuff. So many questions. And I'm like, you just drink water. Just just have your water bottle and you drink it. I need to breathe. My mind is racing so fast. Like when you're wetting your beak, do you need (laughs) like the water bottle to remind you how well you're doing? Okay. Um, how, do you know who these bottles belong to? I do, so I don't want to be exceptionally mean. Okay. May I ask general questions about gender and race? Sure. Uh, okay. Gender, first and foremost, of, of these <laughs> humans. <laughs> these I would say female. Bottles. Female, so I'm oh. going to sound a little misogynistic. Five out of five female? Uh, yes. And this is this is a fact. You know this. You know these humans. Yeah, you, yeah. You, yes. Okay. So five. Okay, good. Five female. Would you uh, give me the, the, the range of, of age here? Uh, 25 to 35. Wow. Okay. So small range. Okay. Uh, range of ethnicities represented? Uh, this is where we really only come down to one. Uh, okay. Would you care to guess? So you got, you got a bunch of white broads. Of course. <laughs> okay. Got it. <laughs> All right. We're on the right track. <laughs> Wow. And at that, I don't know. At, wow. That was just an observation. I was like, huh. are, are they all of the same professional tier? Like, do they all do the same thing? Or, uh, yeah, generally speaking, they're all colleagues. They're all co- like mostly on the same level. Like, one isn't the supervisor of the other. Yeah, they're they're of different uh, levels, but generally do the same thing. I see. Wow. Do you have a personal relationship with any of these five females? I, I don't know what you're asking. Are, are, are you friends the with any of sense? these five, five broads? <laughs> do you know any of them? Like, are you? Yeah, are, yeah, do you for have sure. A relationship? Okay. For sure, I'm very cordial with them. Yes, you're very cordial. The, perfect. Yes, you're a fine young man in the work environment, right? You must be a delight to work with. You must, you know, you, you know, you know, know about you. their lives. I couldn't have said it better myself. 
No, I'm saying you know about them a little bit, right? Like ancillary workplace bullshit, right? Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, I live in that. Okay, I love good. that ancillary okay, good, workplace good. That's bullshit. All, that's, all I, uh, that's all I need here. What – are any of them married? Oh, good question. Are any of them married? Not that I know of. Not that you know. Right. Again, workplace ancillary bullshit. I don't expect you to know like, you know, Abuela's – well, these are white broads. I don't, I don't need you to know like Bubby's, you know, middle name, but still. Okay. Um, okay. So they're all – none of them are married. Would you say – how many of them would you say do yoga? <laughs> all of them. All of them. Oh, wow. Okay. So what you have here is 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 – I don't know what the scientific term is, but if you like did cross-dimensional analysis and you just ended up on the one swath that presumes the exact same behavior, like <laughs> the correlation is one to one, that's just what it is. So now we can just talk about the phenomenon because, you know, the whole like sociodynamic nature of this conversation is over. <laughs> yep. We, okay. we know the demographic. Nailed okay. it. Okay. So now the question is, why do people resonate with that? Right. I don't know. That's the first I, question, I, right? Never once have I looked for motivation from my water bottle to tell me how much of a great job I'm doing at drinking said quantities of water. Now, did you approach any of these five young ladies about their water bottle? Like, no, no, no. I, I find all? that that's crass. So now that I have some pseudo anonymity online, right? I will uh, be like a troll and and air my grievance. Okay, so because so in the grand scheme of things, I'm tolerable of all kinds of things. But I saw that, and it was just something just inside me for whatever reason. I was like, huh, that's interesting. There's a thought you had that you aren't expressing. What was the, your thought after that thought? No, there, there, that was it. I was like, that is ridiculous. That, huh. Okay, so. Why does anyone need that? So the question is, why does it resonate with people, right? Right. I, I think the answer simply has to be. That people like to feel good about doing good things. Like it isn't enough. Like people don't feel great enough about working out. They want to also post about it so that they can feel great. Sure, about they need to tell great. everybody that they went right. to the gym. Of so course, everything is like the secondary level removed of emotion. Like like we're. Oh, bro, I'm so sore today. <sighs> yeah, exactly. I went to the gym a couple of days ago. Exactly, and if you Dom's, really, you know, usually takes like 48 hours to set in after killer workout. You probably wouldn't know, but. Yeah. If you really break it down, like the that's what virtue signaling is. Like that's what it totally is. That's that's the that's epitome of virtue signaling. You're so right. right. So this water bottle is 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 just where we are in society. Where like you can post about this water bottle. Like this water bottle has a story. It has like a gimmick. It's different, right? It 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 further affirms the fact that you're doing what feels good. I mean, it's selling. But you know what else that is ridiculous that's selling? What? My pillow. Have we talked about my pillow yet? Dude, I work in the mattress industry. I can tell you all about my pillow, bro. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> dude. I, that's right. I forgot about that. That's your game. I I, lo- I love those commercials. They're hilarious. Like I laugh better, like better hysterically. Than like more than Flex Seal. No, Flex Seal's got to be in the ridiculousness of commercials. Like hysterically laugh like a child at all those infomercials. Like that's dude. comedy for me. For Christmas, I tried to buy you a Flex Seal like holiday pack, and then I just forgot to do it. Like, I had no the way. Open. Yeah, that's that, so funny. <laughs> I just wanted to send you like two bottles of Flex Seal. 
<laughs> I wouldn't be mad. <laughs> I know. Dude, you can never hilarious. have enough Flex Seal. I don't know. <laughs> it's like duct tape. You can never have enough. Like, That's all right, duct tape the, and we hammers. We found the title. Know? Never have enough Flex Seal. You can never have enough Flex Seal. Anyway, so this water bottle thing. Let's just wrap. I I, I still have questions. Sure. Um, what, did the, has the prevalence stayed at level? Like, have you noticed that they still have them? Like, is it? N being the number of water bottles? Yes. Yeah, it's been at a steady state. It, people aren't like drifting off. Like it's not a fad. No, no, and and I don't. Oh, I don't know. I haven't been there. Like I imagine that fad would be over like a course of months or years. But no, I had. Uh, yeah, no, I was there, man. It was. It's for a couple months. I've been here at this uh, location, and yeah, they're there. Do you suppose that these fine young ladies are actually consuming more hydration as a result of of the gimmick? Oh, like do you I think it's know. working? Maybe. Yeah, man, that's really what it comes down to. People just, people just need to have a, another level. You can't just do stuff anymore. Everything is there's something else, right? It's it's not just the doing. I feel like people don't do things for themselves anymore. What do you mean? In a world that we're so selfish, we still yeah. do things for others to get gratification from them. If that makes sense, right? Like used to be like, I go to the gym, I work out because I like to work out. It feels good for me mm-hmm. to now I go to the gym so I can post about it and tell everybody that, yo, look at me. I go to the gym. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Or I like to drive, you know, nice cars because I enjoy them to, I like to drive nice cars. So I have to post pictures of them. So everyone knows that I'm of, you know, this right. bracket of money or this income. Because right. I can afford this car in comparison to this car. And right. Be in the pecking order. Yeah. Or, you know, I like nice clothes and fabrics, not because I like the style of design, but because it's popular. So I have to wear them to take pictures of them, to post them online. So that way I look fucking sweet. It's ridiculous. It's so empty. You're doing it really for the satisfaction of others who you don't give a shit about anyway. You know, man, the truth is, like, everything you said is a hundred percent correct. Like, I could not agree more. The other thing about that is. It's really the quickest way to be unhappy. If you're it really totally thinking, is the quickest way to be unhappy. Tell me a faster. You're going to be comparing yourselves to a bigger fish. There's always a bigger fish. Yeah, man. But like deeply unhappy, like viscerally, like you're going to yeah, wake up every morning and hate yourself because you're going to have to work all. You're basically working to support a lifestyle that feeds narcissism. Like that's really yeah. what's happening here. Yeah. And like that's a vicious cycle, man. And like you know, I don't mean to go all, you know. Zen or whatever the term is. No, like, let's go. Let's do know, it. Buddha or whatever, whatever. Yeah, I'm not trying to get all purist on you, but like, there is a lot to be said about just living on less. Like, just training yourself to not get too attached to the be- nicer things in life. I just mm-hmm. think there's an art to that. I really do. And I think you can get really far in today's America doing that because everyone is so tied up in the excess. Like if you Everyone just is doubles. so tied up in the excess. If you just live like slightly below yeah. your means, you can kill it. Because everyone else that you're competing with at like the amount of money you're making right. is spending it on stupid shit, the vast majority. Right. All you got to do is just scale back and you know punch out doubles for 20 years. That's all you got to do. Yeah, if you scale back just like by five percent, oh my yeah. god, you over twenty you'd, years, you'd be amazing. You'd be great. You'd be golden. But nobody wants to do that, man. I mean, that's a no. long and arduous process. Of it, course, it is not it's the long con. It is hard to do that. 
Yeah, but when you do that, those are the people that actually get to, you know, retire and enjoy the fruits of their labor and do it instead of just working every day for the day, you know? Yeah. No, ultimately, it comes down to discipline. It really does. And discipline is it's hard to come by. I mean, for me anyway, like, you know, it's it's the one thing you realize is the differentiator. If you boil down to it, like what defines a successful person? It's discipline. Tell it's, me. And it, repetition. Repetition and discipline. And that's all it is. But it's repetition is part of discipline. If you don't have discipline, you're not going to repeat. You can't do the reps, yeah. Right? So it all, yeah. it's all, it's a hundred percent a discipline and mind game. And so few people are masters at it, man. And like, you re, I just, I come to really admire those who have it. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, I'm my own worst enemy. I can convince myself to do anything, which is the worst thing in the world. Yeah, but that's great, man. I mean, what do you mean? What, what could be? No, because like it sounds like you can convince yourself to do anything, so you're going to convince yourself to do good things. Convince yourself to do like stupid shit and be lazy. Be like, yo, you know what? Today you worked hard. You earned it. You don't have to go to the gym. All right. Sounds great. And then you stay at home. Yeah. You know what? I'm hungry. I should order pizza. Yeah. No, I see what you mean. by pers- But you mean like persuade. I'm the same way. Yeah. 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 I persuade myself to all kinds of dumb shit. But going back to JRE, I, I don't know why I keep going back to him, but. Dude, that's I think that's kind of why he's so big. If you think about it, he's broy, but he's also really a master of his own domain. But he's also for a sure. Pilot. Like it's kind of cool. Like here's this dude. He does it guy. all. Yeah, I think that's part of his allure. Well, not only that, but he's uh, he's an archetypal man's man in a world where there are no really quintessential alpha males. I wouldn't say there, there aren't any. No, but let's be serious. If Far you fewer, compare yeah. the stereotype of a uh, a alpha male in the 40s, 50s, 60s, heck, even 70s and 80s, it's vastly different from the late two, or 2000s to the 2010s. You know what I'm saying? I'd be willing to bet it's it's vastly decreased. And I think there's a lot to be said about the fact that he is he is a man's man. In, yeah. a, in a non-man's man's world. The other thing is... Down that, with the patriarchy, and then you don't have, like, any alpha. You, you need that. Just like you need strong women, you need strong men. Just like you have strong whatever in between of whatever spectrum you want to call it. Strong transgender folks, even, for goodness sakes. You need those strong pillars and everyone in between. Yeah, so I think that's I think that's part of his allure. Like, he is sort of a dichotomy. Right. He, he's got all this discipline. Right. He's a man's man. He's got all this macho machismo. Right. But he's also a bro. Right. Like he also just wants to talk about muscle cards and, and you know, you know, fighting. Right. Like he, he's very I don't know. I think I think he's a good balance of bro but also the other side. And I think that plays to a lot of a larger audience. Mm-hmm. Sure. But anyway, I think my point was discipline. Like Joe's got a lot of it. And. You know, oh, for sure. I think that's why I admire him. I mean, that part of it. I mean, his whole pastime that he, he uh, consumes himself with ever since a child, really, mixed yeah. martial arts is discipline. That's the whole thing. MMA yeah. is discipline. That's all yeah. it is. Yeah. It's hard, man. I mean, you know, I have a kid now, and I think about this all the time. Like, how do you instill that in your child when you yourself have all this work to do, right? Like, how do you... Well, I think the thing is reflect on your parents' upbringing of you. We thought that they were perfect. They weren't perfect. They were doing the best they could. That's true, but... You know what I'm saying? We thought they were perfect because they were this fountain of everything in our lives. 
but they were doing the best they could and they provide an environment the best they could for you. And that's what you should focus on. I don't think you should focus on trying to be perfect and instill certain things. You should provide a safe and fruitful environment for them. So we talk about this theme a lot and encourage, you know, uh, that discipline and repetition through studying acts, through chores, through things that you couldn't do, you know, necessarily yourself uh, because you were too busy or had other things to concern yourself with. I think. Okay, but we talk about this. I'm not saying you as in you personally. I'm saying you as in. No, no, I totally accept that. But as first generation Americans, like we know this better than anyone. The thing is, though. My parents' experience is so different from my experience, and and consequently, my child's experience is going to be so different. Sure, but there's and, things that don't change, like hard work, determination, you know, yeah. your ancestry, your religion, your traditions. You know, those can change, and they cannot change. They can be a pillar of something that you keep constant. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree, but at the same time, so much of our experiences as children, if you think about it, stemmed from the fact that our parents were immigrants, you know, just by osmosis, right? Like a lot happened around. Oh, you. sure. Your grandparents' problems weren't your parents' problems. Your parents' problems aren't going to be your problems and your problems are not going to be the ones of your kids. It's, it's yeah. They're yeah. drastically different because it's right. just different times. And that's the thing. It's different times. You can't even expect the same result. Even if you wanted the same result, that that would make no sense. No, but you can prepare them and arm them and, and disciple them and, and train their eye to things. So that way, you know, like, for example, a liar is going to be a liar, no matter if they're behind the computer or whether they're in person or whether they're whatever. So you, you, you te- teach them how to be witty and show them little tricks to see, like, oh, this guy's fucking full of shit. How, yeah. you know, and treat them, you know, how to start thinking or say, you know what? And still work ethic in different ways for them, whether it be, you know, maybe my kids are not going to be, uh, you know, chopping vegetables on a Saturday morning at like 530 a.m., but they uh, they certainly will have some other form of, you know, equivalent uh, nostalgic torture, so to speak, to instill yeah. work ethic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You just you can't ex- you can't expect that. Which, by the way. Looking back as like a kid, it's one of the best freaking memories ever. Which one? At the time, I hated doing it. You know, like early in the morning, going to the kitchen, doing like food prep and chopping vegetables and stuff. Looking back, I was like, that was awesome. How old were you? Five, six. And how long did you do that? Early preteens. So that's amazing, man. Like, just think about that one experience and how much you must have learned from that one little block of time in your life. In the grand scheme of your life, it wasn't a lot of time. When you really look back on it, right? But think about all the ways that must have shaped you as a young man. Like, you didn't want to get up all those days. I'm sure you kicked and screamed like the first three weeks. Right? Oh like, yeah. Oh like, yeah. I can't even imagine what that would have been like. Like, <laughs> okay. So didn't you hate it at first? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And but, then what? But that's just, where you grow. You start. Right. You do things that you hate. And then it became a habit. And then you don't think feel about comfortable. it anymore. Right. And then it was just part of your life. Before you knew it, yeah. nobody could do that better than you. Right, that's it. You just do the reps. It's the yeah, reps. Man. So if you think so about you, it, so you can instill them that way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You 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 can't necessarily you can teach ways of thinking. You can't necessarily teach you know the right path to take, but you can prime people for it and help them out the best of your abilities. 
Right. So now let's let's and let's give them take a toolbox. So for whatever experience they come across, they can reference something or a story or an experience or you know a skill. So let's take that example even further. So like, God willing, one day you'll have children of your own. And you're not really you're a doctor, right? Like like your workplace is the hospital, not a kitchen, right? So it's going to be really hard for you to replicate that exact experience. Although the best you could do is replicate a similar one. I'm just saying that all those, you know, if you aggregate all those different but similar experiences, you get a vastly different result. And I just think that's super interesting. Yeah, well, of course, every time you're going to get a vastly different result because no matter where you are in the timeline of life, the experiences are going to be different. Yeah, I just think that's super interesting. But I don't know. know. Speaking of super interesting, the one thing we promised the people, pedophiles of the ancient world. Pedophiles of the ancient world. So. Uh, let me take it back to ancient Greece, ancient Rome, and uh, some of ancient Egypt and North African uh, sort of uh, quick civilizations. Before you begin, quick sidebar. What's up? If you ever get like three to four hours, like you're on a flight or something, uh, watch Rome on Netflix. It is unbelievably, unbelievably well done, dude. It's basically um, Game of Thrones mixed with documentary style like narratives about like actual events they do three plug not even getting paid by it no no dude Uh, just really really well done like told by historians and again it's got like this game of thronesy like cut-ins where they like act out the scene Mm. it's really really well done like i learned a lot about caesar that i didn't know dude caesar was a badass dude caesar was a a salad he's got a palace he's dude he he got stabbed by his squad he dude he he um he basically grew at Italy from a republic into an empire by himself. Like he just he he took over like most of Italy. He took I'm sorry, most of France, most of Germany, most of Sweden, most of Norway. He just dominated. And then he came back to Rome. Why? Was, what what gave him the the such a large edge? Narcissism. What, what made him tick? Ambition. He was just like I'm good. I'm going to do this. No, so what happened here? Here's the long story short. And then, I'm sorry, but we'll, we'll get to the pedophiles. That's but, fine. We'll get to it. If it's not right. this recording, it's the next one. We'll keep the fans in suspense. It, this is flowing. Go ahead. Tell anyway, me about Caesar. Let me just give you the, the quick rundown because I do want, if you're listening to this, I do want you to watch it. So I don't want to spoil what actually happens. But here's the, 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 not, the spoiler-free version. Caesar basically, his dad uh, dies in a civil war in, in Rome, uh, you know, 20, 30 years prior. And he sided with the wrong side. He sided with the side of the law, so he died. So Caesar's family was disgraced. So Caesar joins the army. And he starts off as as a young soldier, like a foot soldier, like literally, like mm-hmm. scum of the earth. And by some miracle, he basically doesn't die. Um, the emperor, at, not the emperor at this time, the consul, I don't know who it was, but the consul at the time goes into battle. Caesar, Caesar gets, you know, rises through the ranks. And, you know, this guy's in, he's in a civil war with another another person who wants to be consul and they're trying to kill each other and they have like this idea and Caesar busts in there and Caesar's like, no, that's a stupid idea. You know, basically go on the offensive, go on the attack, do it my way. And he convinces, he convinces the general like, yeah, okay, that's cool. They win that battle. Eventually he grows and grows and grows and he becomes part of, um, part of the Senate, but he really wants to be consul. So what he does is he goes to the two people in charge at the time and he basically calls he basically makes what's called a triumvirate so he's like you two guys will never get anything ever done you guys will always be in gridlock put me in the middle i'll make sure everything gets done 
So that's what happens. Then eventually they're like, dude, we don't need you anymore. Get out of here. We want, we, we want to duel to the death to figure out who's, who, who's really going to be the consul. So they, right. they banish Caesar to like the northwest of Italy, right next to Gaul. Gaul is where like modern yeah. day France, um, Germany, um, Sweden, like that region. And they're uh-huh. basically like, yeah, dude, we don't want to, we don't want, we don't want you in Rome anymore. Get out of here. We don't need you. You know, we'll make you a governor. You'll have carte blanche over this area. So Caesar's like, you know what? All right. No problem. So he goes out there. He assembles an army and then he starts mass, mass murder throughout the region. He just starts to wreak havoc on Gaul. <laughs> like, okay. No problem. Like he doesn't even tell the Senate. You'll regret nothing. this. <laughs> he, he, exactly. Dude, he just gets a fleet and starts murdering Gaul. And at that time, Gaul was something Italy, uh, something Rome wanted, but never got. And he just, dude, he just murdered them. Like he just, like a savage. He just went and took it. It was called, that's where divide and conquer was born. Gotcha. So now he owns most of Gaul and he wants to come back to Rome and he finds out like, oh, wait a second. Uh, the other people back in Rome, now they want to kill me. So Caesar has two choices. He either surrenders or invades Rome. And the term crossed the Rubicon. Yeah. He, once he crossed the Rubicon River, he was considered invading Rome. So he invades Rome and he basically destroys everything in sight. And now he's, you know, long story short, he then runs over to Greece he screws around with Cleopatra in Egypt. He has a baby with Cleopatra. He comes back. He, he's the man, and then they kill him. Long story short. How baller is that? Had How a baller kid with is Cleopatra? that? Dude, Cleopatra in the documentary, like, good Lord. <laughs> if that's what you actually <laughs> look like, my God. So he has a baby with her, and she comes back to Rome while he's consul, and she's like, here's your baby. Everyone's like, what wow. the hell? <laughs> like, <laughs> That's like a freaking daytime drama. Yeah, man. Anyway, you should watch that documentary. It's really good. Very, very interesting. Yeah. So what drives what drives Caesar to do that? It's got to be narcissism. Narcissism, right? He just he's like, is, he wanted to be a celebrity, right? He's like, I got to be the big name. I got to be got to be huge. Well, if you think Huge. about it, when he came back to Rome, he, all he did was erect statues. Like, that's how he created jobs for people. He's like, yes, just make me a shrine. Go. Build me a statue, peon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but he was a Speaking of which, yeah. uh, speaking of statues and uh, trophies, Yeah. you see the Super Bowl? I did, of course. Okay. Talk to me. What do, what do you think? You're the sports guy out of the two of us. You, you do more sports tonight. Now forget the sports angle. Let's just talk about let's just talk about the culture. Um, the culture J- was great. J Lo, J Lo, and Shakira. I just both I phenomenal. Have, I just want to know, like, are we away from old guys and rock bands now? Like, is it always going to be like fifty year olds, you know, rubbing themselves in front of national and audience of a hundred million people? Like, is that just where we are now? I didn't mind it, but like. We had old guys, old white guys for the last like 10 years, and all of a sudden we just graduate to J-Lo. And this Shakira. is the new NFL just, marketing strategy and rebranding. Did. We got to appeal to the Latino right? demographic, Josh. They got to appeal to the Latino demographic. Think about it. It's in Miami. You're going to put J-Lo and Shakira. All right. Big Latin population. This is NFL marketing strategy 101 right here. All right. Where's next year's Super Bowl? I don't know. But wherever it is, there's got to be more marketing going on and demographics and shit. It's all a marketing game, man. They're like, all right, what demographic does the NFL need to tap into? Because white people are becoming a minority in the U.S. Latinos. Okay. Who are we going to get? Pitbull? Pitbull? No, he's a little too ridiculous. We need a classic to anchor in the Latino community. Who's a strong, powerful woman? That's who we need. A strong. 
J-Lo. You know who else? Shakira. Perfect. One's half Spanish, one's full Spanish. It's going to be one and a half Spanish ladies up there. And we're going to do mixed in Spanish and an English performance. It's going to be great. They're going to love the NFL. That's exactly what the thinking is. So next year it's in Tampa, Florida. Do you think they're going to have an old white guy in Tampa, Florida? (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's bring in Leonard Skinner and I don't know. I don't even know who they bring in. I doubt they even play Skinner. Dude, I was reading something online that Tampa, Florida is like the most drunk uh, city in America, like per capita, like most more more people. A lot of Cubans. There's a lot of there's a big Spanish population in Tampa. Um, yeah, so I mean, I was surprised that New Orleans wasn't on that, you know, wasn't on that list. Like they were on that list, but not as high. I think they were third. Like there was another city, <laughs> but anyway, um, what was I going to say? What do you think about the halftime performance? I thought that A Rod is a genius. <laughs> I really did. Think about A Rod. Think about what A Rod has done. Dude, he was disgraced. Now he's like the cute boyfriend of J-Lo. Like, he's just like the lovable dude on Instagram. Great, great marketing move. Yeah. Like, if you think about it, all of a sudden, A-Rod became J-Lo's guy. And, like, you know, this fun-loving, bs He's like, oh, what a nice guy. Look, it's A-Rod. Oh. Like, he was a – people hated him. He was was really on the fritz. Yeah. He works for the MLB, dude. He's a commentator for the MLB now. Wow. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, I, I don't. Then really... somebody somebody was telling me at work. I was talking to ladies at work, and they're like, "Yeah, you know, people are getting mad because uh, J Lo and Shakira didn't get paid." I was like, "Nobody gets paid for a Super Bowl performance." You think Michael Jackson? He didn't get paid, and he got his hair on fire. Why would people be mad that they didn't get paid? Their angle and outrage was, "Ah, you see these Latina women performing and not getting paid? Strange, huh? You know, racism or something." And it's like, no, nobody gets paid that performs at the Super Bowl. Yeah. That's like always been the thing. How could that be an outrage thing? People get outraged about everything. Oh, but it's not your career. Why do you care if somebody else gets paid? If somebody else right. decides to do something for no money, who are you to get outraged by that? That person made a That's conscious exactly decision. That's exactly it. That's was no, their choice. Nothing untoward. They didn't it's not even their choice. It's their manager's choice. It's their team's choice. It's the financial play for their career anyway. Because I had forgotten about J-Lo and Shakira, to be honest with you, until now. And I was like, damn. Yeah. How could you have forgotten about J-Lo? She just had that huge movie where she was a stripper. I didn't see that, but she... <laughs> that explains the dancing, the pole dancing. Uh, yeah, dude. I, I think if you saw this film, you'd think that was nothing because, I mean, it was. What is this film? I need it for research purposes. Uh, Hustlers. Oh, Perfect. okay. Appropriately dubbed Hustlers. Perfect. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, that was actually she. Let me just really Google did, Hustlers real quick. She didn't do a bad job. It was actually it, the movie itself. The plot wasn't great, but her, her part in it wasn't bad, if I'm being honest. I, uh, I actually had uh, dinner in uh, a table away from J-Lo. Get out of here. In Manhattan, yeah. Get out of here. Yeah, they had uh, they, they put up like candles and this fur pelt around her chair. And we're like, oh shit, someone like important's coming in. And then like her and uh, her mans were like shuffled in. You, you Real were, quick, they sat down. A-Rod yeah. was there too? Did you see A-Rod? Yeah, yeah, yeah. this was like uh, maybe four years ago. Four years ago? Were they together four years ago? I didn't know that. Oh no, it was the other guy. Who's uh, who was she seen before? It was a while ago. It was maybe more than four years ago. I pay zero attention to this. I don't either. But it was her and her mans. 
Which mans is plural now, which blows my mind. Mans is plural. Come get your mans. <laughs> yep. You have more than one. Uh, what so, was that dinner like? Like, could you hear them? Like, was it, was there paparazzi? Was it? Like, no, it was nice, quiet. I mean, it was a nice place. And you were playing cool. What do you mean I was playing? I was there with my family. We we're having dinner. I was like, all right, so what am I going to do? Oh my God, I'm your biggest fan. Hi. <laughs> no, what am I going to do? Oh, okay. That's J-Lo. Cool. That is pretty Let's cool. keep eating. Let's enjoy family time together, you know? Yeah. No, that's true. Anyway, I'm sorry. Let, let's, let's go back to, uh, pedophilia in ancient Rome. I'm sorry. We'll do it next time. I'm beat. I, I want to bring, no, right, I'm going to tell you though, the pedophilia is not only exclusive to ancient Rome, but the similar argument is being made in today's day and age, by some modern, we'll call them, quote-unquote, activists that try to legitimize pedophilia. Very interesting stuff. I went I went in the wormhole. Hold up, bro. You're going you're gonna to leave this for next week? I'm leaving yeah. it. That's the hanger. Well, we already we already hung up. But let me ask you this. What about sodomy? Uh, what about, what about it? <laughs> is that part I was of not the expecting that. Or just, <laughs> is that. Is that part of the deal, or is it just pedophilia? Uh, I would have to bet pedophiles are not necessarily anti-sodomy. I mean, once you're down the rabbit hole of being a pedophile. I guess you're right. That's kind of disturbing. <laughs> but wow. I never imagined what lewd acts a pedophile would necessarily do with a child, nor do I ever want to. Uh, dude, I was that's, on a, that's very strange. Uh, I guess last point for the night, but I was on a, so I'm training for this race. That's actually on Sunday. Wish me luck. Mm-hmm. Uh, Good so luck. I, yeah. So I had. I had, I downloaded like a Malcolm Gladwell audiobook. Sure. Um, and one of the chapters was about, um, the guy from Penn State. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Jerry Sandusky. Sandusky. And so part of the, the audiobook is like, you hear Jerry Sandusky. And like, dude, I got like the yips. I was on, I was in the middle of a run. Like I couldn't stop because I had to like, do it for time, right? And you have just this fucking child abuser yeah, speaking dude, into your ear. You're just, like, get out of my head. <laughs> right. And I didn't know what to do because, you know, like to stop and put on another thing, like on my watch, like that would have been annoying. But also like, so I started, like I started like having to like run away from it. Dude, it was the best run of my life. Like it was the I farthest bet. I ran. Like it, it was so weird. It's just one of those moments where I'm like, wow, I just stumbled across like the, the most craziest motivational piece of running. Well, it's like, <laughs> it triggers that like fight or flight, literally. So you just run your ass away. That's <laughs> You're like, what it Get felt me like. away from Sandusky. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's time to boost. <laughs> this is just, you should, uh, just play a track of gunshots and just run. <laughs> oh, the, the new Eminem album. Why is, oh my goodness. Okay, Amazing. There is Music a, to be murdered by. Yes, I love there it. There is a track with, with gunshots. Yes, Darkness. It's a great album. Uh, great, great song. Okay. Lo- real, real loaded quick. with, uh, what two What do you meanings. think of the album? Thought it was great. Ah, it was weak. I, I didn't like the stepdad angle. I thought that was too much. No, I like that. That's classic M. Why does he have to get so dark? Like, just. He just... does that. He does that. All right. That's how just... he, that's what he does. I like it. be angry, but why go dark? Like, everyone I think people... Kamikaze was better. It was better when he was angry. Now he's dark. <laughs> And well, he goes angry and dark. That's who he is. He was no. angry on the last one. Now he's dark on this one. He's much darker on this. I don't know. I liked it better when he just... Darkness was, was an amazing song. Though uh, though I did not necessarily like how anti-Second Amendment it is, because it was totally anti-Second Amendment angled. 
I appreciate it as a work of art and a reflection on the current state of affairs in this country, for sure. Aren't that you surprised well that done. that was what the song was about? For those of you who don't know, it was a song basically about. I don't know what you how how would you call it, John? It was it was um, it was anti-gun. I mean, that's what. Well, I don't think it was necessarily anti-gun. It was more so anti-mass shooting, which uh, I don't think anybody is pro-mass shooting. Uh, if you are, then you really have to reanalyze your life. No, but, okay, uh, fine. What you know would you what I'm say it was? What did you say the angle was? Just just attention to mass shootings? Yeah, I, th- I, I thought it was a good piece of work. Right. I, I enjoyed it, honestly. And I like the double meanings that he did as his, you know, uh, as a career and how he relates with that similar... Uh, depression that maybe the shooter had prior to him getting on stage, right? And he, he was drawing parallels between that guy and himself, which was uh, very uh, reflective and introspective of him, and I, I appreciated that yeah. as a work of art, for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm glad he's still around and making music. I mean, that That's really yes. all that matters. Like, I'm just happy he's still putting out work. I mean, they do it to him and they do it to Brady. More people, you know... Oh, man. Hate him and love him, Brady. As you said, Brady. You guys got a Brady. problem with Brady? I don't think so. He's gonna stay. I think he'll stay for one more year. But I'm telling you, what the pipe dream is, he stays one more year unsigned, goes to Bill Yo, getting you one more ring, gets the ring, and then retires. What about your socks? Moving on from Mookie. Betts, Mookie. Huh? I think they dropped Mookie. I, mean, I know. You, I don't know, man. Dark times in Boston right now. I don't know. Yeah. Dark times. All good things must come to an end. Sorry, 20 years of it, dominating football. I don't know. It's okay. It Sorry. <laughs> 20 years wasn't enough? We had to give it to somebody. Yeah. We passed the rock. Yeah. All right, man. Kansas City. This was great. All righty. Thanks for tuning was in, It was a guys. pleasure. Uh, Thank you. A little tired. I don't say but next week, we... but until ne- next time. <laughs> till new videos. Uh, whatever we feel like it. Till, we don't even do time. videos. I don't even know. Till next time. See ya. All right, man. See ya. Thanks. Oh, hold on.